Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. You know, a couple of years ago, I had the honor of, of meeting someone and, and actually uh, the honor of getting to know his work. Uh, I'm talking about Jack Alice. He's joining us here today. Jack is the author of and spiritual teacher, uh, someone that has been talking about the shift for quite some time. But what is that? What does it mean? Today we're going to get to spend some time with Jack. We're going to talk about, uh, first of all, we're going to talk about the power of ceremony, but more importantly, we're going to talk about 2012. The shift, what it is, what it isn't, and, and take that conversation to this place of empowerment. Uh, he is uh, someone that I so love connecting with. And today, we're going to find out how these guided transmissions, these echoes, these ancient indigenous prophecies, Mayan, Hopi, you name it, how all of this has come together and how Jack has been leading the forefront for all of us to tap in, experience, and become part of that shift. Uh, today you're going to, you know, hear us ask some very interesting questions. I never know where this is going to go when he and I get on air, but I will tell you one thing. By the end of the show, you're going to want to get a copy of his book and you're certainly going to get a want to get, want to get a copy of his DVD. Jack, it is so great to have you on the show again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome back. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, oh. thanks for that wonderful introduction. You make me feel so important. Wow. Oh, well, I read the book. <laughs> All right. um, you know, I, I, I'm going to talk. We're going to talk about the DVD. We're going to talk about the the DVD, and we're going to talk about the power of ceremony and so forth. But I, I, I want to ask you a, a, a slightly different question here, if we if if we if we may. Of you know, it's been a couple years since you and I have been on air. Three years, and almost I'm, exactly. And three years. And I oh. want to ask you. In that three years, those three years that have passed, how has your life profoundly changed? And what epic insight have you gotten about 2012? Epic insight, wow. Well, my life has <laughs> changed. Um, my life has changed absolutely exponentially in, in, in those years. And um, one of the things that I like to say often, Dr. Patton, and I don't say it to brag or to sound arrogant or cocky or anything like that, but uh, I, I say it to, to prove a, or to, to make a point, and I, it was a point that I that I attempted to make in, in my book, and that is, um, I believe that I am the embodiment of what this is all about, this shift, and and you know how people at this point should be embracing these uh, this transformative energy in which we are just so submerged at, at this point. Um, 
uh, embrace it ra- rather than resist it, because that's really the key to the whole thing: is uh, is to you know embrace this transformative energy, embrace these changes that are you know coming upon us in in such a wave, you know, rather than fighting them, rather than resisting them. And those who are fighting them and resisting them are having a really really hard time right now, um, and those who are embracing them are just flowering. And um, you know, I've been writing about the shift now for. Uh, well, two books, two DVDs, and um, I think I started writing Infinity's Flower, my, my second to most recent book, about uh, it's about six years ago now that, that I started writing that. So I've, I've been completely uh, enveloped in this topic now for a good for a good six years or so, and um, I believe that I have been embracing this transformative energy and I'm attempting to live this message and. Um, um, again, I don't say this to brag or sound cocky, but um, I, I think that I also am kind of uh, exhibiting, you know, what this flowering is all about. Because I just feel like a flower that's out there, you know, blooming in the sun and reaching it, reaching out for the sun, and, and uh, you know, kind of uh, um, being a part of all this, a part of all this wonderful transformative energy, and kind of taking it up, taking it up a level in, in, in my own life, and, and those kinds of things. Um, specifically, um, probably the most important development that's happened in the last um, <clears throat> in the last three years or so for me is um, um, I quite often when people ask me you know where the information comes from that I write about um, you know my number one source is you know the ancient indigenous wisdom from tribes and from cultures um, all over the planet virtually you know because they're all basically telling us the same thing. And I have uh, received a, 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 even more of a submergence um, into this ancient wisdom. Um, it was three years ago, um, in um, 2009, uh, three years ago, I met a, um, a Mayan elder uh, by the name of uh, Tata uh, Omeyaka Hecatl, uh, Eric Gonzalez. And um, I, uh, I met him, and I heard him on a radio interview. I, I had to meet him. I went, went out to Deer Mountain, California. Met him in person and uh, and became a part of his group, a part of his community, and um, have been participating in numerous uh, ceremonial events, both at Deer Mountain, which is north of Mount Shasta. Um, I've been to, to three ceremonial events there. I've also been down to his um, his uh, sustainable community that he and his group are, is building in uh, on the shores of, of Lake Atitlan in uh, in Guatemala at a little community called Patiapa. And I've also been down there to, to visit that and to see what they're doing down there. They're basically building sustainable communities in both places, you know, in preparation for this wonderful transformation that we're that we're in the midst of. So that's really been um, a major, major development uh, for me. Um, this sub- more and more of a submergence into the into the original, you know, teachings. Uh, in this case, of, of the Maya, as transmitted uh, as transmitted through Eric. And uh, that's where uh, the, the message of my books has kind of morphed into a kind of a different kind of message. And um, the message really is uh, is one, you know, when we talk about the shift, and we, we can talk about the shift tonight, uh, you know, if you yeah. want to get into that too. In terms yeah, of I do. Means and yeah. Everything. But the message now, when I go out and when I'm speaking and when I'm, you know, doing book signings and when I'm at conferences and things like that, the message is is that there's really not a whole lot to talk about here. Um, this is not as this topic is not as complicated as people make it. Uh, we don't need to be getting tweaked out about all these predictions about you know when it's going to happen and you know what it is that's going to happen and all that kind of stuff that people are getting so you know so tweaked out about these days. Um, the message that I'm transmitting is is uh, is really moving away from the academic part of this and is really going getting more into the taking spiritual action um, part of this because you know talk ultimately talk is very cheap i know you've got a talk radio show and i don't mean to minimize yeah. talk uh, 
But ultimately, talk is very cheap unless you know we take action. You know, I agree. Based upon you know what it is we're talking about. If the talk is just a bunch of head games, which it is for most people, quite quite honestly, Doctor Pat, it's just a head game, and and people never really get down to you know taking action. You know, uh, in connection you know with whatever it is they're talking about. And um, this is a, a very very important time for all of us to be taking what I refer to as spiritual action. And uh, one of the ways that I've learned to take spiritual action, and I've learned this, you know, from the Maya and from my experience with, with Eric. Actually, I haven't learned it, but I've kind of relearned it. It's something that I've, I've always known, and um, I'm just kind of relearning it and becoming re-familiarized with something that I've already known. And that's the tremendous power of uh, the tremendous power um, of ceremony, <clears throat> as far as uh, practicing our spirituality, developing our spirituality, enhancing our spirituality, and kind of, you know. Uh, 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 taking spiritual action, uh, 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 basically. So that's another, um, when I give my talks and my presentations now, they, they consist of about half talk, and a lot of the talk is, hey, gang, there's really not that much to talk about. And the rest of it is uh, kind of demonstrating um, ceremony, which is something that I think a lot of white folks have, have, have in many ways have kind of lost touch with in terms of uh, the importance of ceremony and what it means and how to do it. And, and uh, you know, there isn't a right way or a wrong way to do it, but... Uh, uh, the important thing is just simply uh, simply to do it. <clears throat> and ceremony is basically anything we do to you know to, to to take spiritual action, to connect with spirit with our intent, to connect with spirit with you know with our vibration. And it consists of, for me, it consists of praying and singing and smoking the ceremonial pipe and and lighting candles and sitting and meditating and and um, and, 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 do, and doing those sorts of things. So um, there's just a little bit of a snapshot of some of the changes uh, that, have, that have occurred over the last three years for me, but it's been just an exponential, it's just been exponential change, and it, it's all been for the good. And one other recent development as far as, you know, how things are changing for me is um, <clears throat> I referred to uh, to uh, Tata Eric's uh, community at Deer Mountain, which is north of, uh, about an hour north of Mount Shasta in uh, the mountains of uh, north, north central California. And uh, I just got back from... Uh, uh, my third uh, ceremonial gathering there. I just got back about about a week ago, <clears throat> and when I was out there, um, a tremendous uh, confluence of things happened for me, and uh, I managed to manifest something that I've been praying for and and uh, and having a, a vision about for a long, long time, and that's actually moving to Mount Shasta. Oh wow! And, uh, <clears throat> I actually <clears throat> and I did it in a way that that uh, also in the way that I'd been praying it would happen uh, with virtually no effort. It, it just virtually came to me. It was. <clears throat> kind of a thing where somebody contacted me about one of my newsletters and they said, hey, you know, I was in Shasta too. We should have gotten together. I emailed her back and I said, well, you know, you live there for, for a lot of years. You know, do you know anybody who, you know, has got a place to rent? You know, I want to like to move there. She said, yes, I do. It's a tiny cabin, you know, in the woods about five miles outside of town <clears throat> and it's available now and it's not that, not that expensive. So I said, let me talk to her. And uh, there, it just all of a sudden happened overnight and I was what she was looking for and, and uh, she was what I was looking for and, and I'm in the process of moving right now, so uh, um, I will now be closer to Deer Mountain and closer to the to the Mayan community that I'm speaking of. And, and uh, so things are things are moving along like a like a like a freight train here, and it's it's uh, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. I feel so blessed and so honored to be to be to just have such a wonderful life going in such a wonderful wonderfully positive direction. I love what you just said, Jack, and let me tell you why I love this. Because, you know, ever since we started doing the show, ever since the first day I started doing the Dr. Pat show, it's always been about, you know, of course, education, information, but it's been about 
action. You know, what do you want to do to contribute to the world? And it's so interesting you bring this up because I don't know if you know about this, but, you know, you're going to hear a lot about it in about the next three days. We're part of an event, a monumental event originating in Seattle on September 9th, 10th, and 11th. And it's called One the Event. The website is onetheevent.org. So check it out. Submit a video, Jack. I mean, this is perfect. This is what you're talking about. So here's this this firefighter from Seattle who went through all of the emotions around 9-11, the hate, and then the feelings of betrayal. So one, the event is he he has now stepped out to say that this is time for us to shift from fear to love. From hate to love. Now, it's not just about words. This is a man, Jack, that is spending every penny he has saved to launch a a mega event Friday, Saturday at the University of Washington, Sunday at Memorial Stadium, webcast worldwide. So, you know, when you're talking about uh, spiritual action, I could help think of this guy. He didn't have a humongous plan. He literally only got this going three months ago, and a village has come together. I mean, is any part of that, does any part of that have to do with the shift that you refer to? Well, I think just about everything has to do with the shift that I'm referring to, because uh, it's, you know, this is a monumental, well, what was the name of that, uh, uh, the name of the event again? I just want to make sure I don't know. It's one, O-N-E, the event, the website for all of you out there. Uh, because we are going to need your help, and we want you to participate. It's onetheevent.org. Onetheevent.org, okay. <clears throat> I'll, yeah. I'll check it out. We're actually broadcasting three days live from there, and on Sunday I'm doing a radical forgiveness um, um, uh, a segment uh, in front of thousands of people and millions of people worldwide. I mean, because we've all come together. Most of us have come together of our time freely just simply to contribute. So let's talk about the shift for a moment because, you know, you've been talking about it and inviting all of us to get in the game for years now. Okay. Um, And let me just reply to what you were saying a second ago. Okay. Does does this have anything to do with the shift? Yeah. Um, Yes, it does. Everything has to do with the shift Mm -hmm. because the shift is very, very, very big. This is a a significantly huge uh, transformative event, event that we're talking about. So um, the Hopis were fond of saying, uh, no stone will be unturned. And uh, very often people, you know, misunderstand <clears throat> what all this means. But, mm-hmm. um, and let's just, let's just sum it up real briefly in terms of what people really need to, really need to know about this. Because it, okay. really, it really doesn't go on very long. I think the last time I was on your show a couple of years ago, I maybe talked for about 25 minutes about what people really need to know. Mm-hmm. I think I probably got it down to about, you know, three or four minutes. So, uh, <clears throat> Essentially, also, people don't need to worry about dates and predictions. They don't need to worry about specific happenings like, you know, the shifting of the poles or anything. <clears throat> not that those things aren't, um, uh, aren't important, not that the possible shifting of the poles isn't important, and not that there's not going to be big bang events go- uh, going on. But essentially, the, the shift does not refer to a point in time. It does not refer to a big bang event. Uh, the shift is more of a process. It's something taking place over time. <clears throat> and we don't, we also don't need to get too overly involved in how long the time frame is because it's really, it really is irrelevant. And, uh, once we know that the shift has already started and we're in it, that this process has started, 
um, then we don't need to worry about all the, how big the window is, how long the time frame is. It really just doesn't make any difference because it's happening and it's happening and it's, and it's happening now. And um, so it is a process. It's not a big bang event. It's a process taking taking place over time. We know that the shift has started. Um, we know that the shift has started not only because it was prophesized for this time and all the prophecies are, are coming true, um, but we also know that it started because we can <clears throat> we can see it happening in our world, and we can also see it happening uh, within ourselves. Um, and the hugeness of, the, of this event is also um, demonstrated by the fact that this is again this is happening on all levels. No stone will be unturned. Uh, no stone will, will be unturned. This is something that's happening in the world external to us as human beings. You know, in the world out there. It's also something that's happening in the world in, internal to us as human beings. So it's everywhere. We're not only talking about the world, uh, the opportunity for the world to be transformed. We're talking about a wonderful opportunity for us as individuals to be transformed. And here's a really important part of this, um, for us to be transformed as far as the transformation of our higher consciousness and the transformation of our spirituality. Um, and again, all the indigenous wisdom um, all agrees upon this. This is a wonderful, wonderful uh, spiritual and higher consciousness um, opportunity um, that, that we have that we have right, right now. Now, that doesn't mean another thing. People, another thing I really like to say about the shift because it's so important. When I emphasize the spiritual aspect of it, people often, you know, kind of get confused about. The, they hear about rapture and they hear about the concept of ascension and all that kind of stuff and moving from the third dimension to the fifth dimension and. You know, moving out of the material uh, you know, dimension into a higher, higher frequency, you know, higher dimensional kind of thing. All of that's valid. All, all of that is a, a part of this opportunity. You know, that sounds really far out and everything, but that is part of this opportunity. And and uh, the the uh, 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 the possibility for us to do that now is so exponentially greater than than it's been for it uh, uh, at any other time uh, over the last uh, over the last twenty six thousand years. Um, but the other thing people need to know about this is this isn't only an otherworldly kind of thing. It isn't only something hap that happens on a spiritual level as in, you know, something that's up in the sky out there, something that's in a higher dimension. There's also a very important uh, worldly aspect of this. In other words, there's a part of this that's happening right here on good old planet Earth, you know, in, in, in the third dimensional, in the third dimensional uh, material world. And this, this part of the shift has to do with us human beings reconnecting with what it with what it means to to be able to live sustainably to be able to live properly to be able to live once again not only in harmony with spirit but also in harmony with the forces of nature in harmony with grandmother earth um, and in harmony with you know all the wonderful things that we have down here down here on planet earth so there's a worldly part of this and once we get the the word I, I i tend to think that we need to focus on the worldly part of this first you know we need to get it right you know in this world first we need to uh, we need to reconnect with what it means to live sustainably, and to, uh, we need to reconnect with what it means to, to live in harmony with, with with Mother Earth, because that's basically what our civilization has, has you know has screwed up, and that's one of the reasons why our civilization is in so much trouble right now is because it, it's lost those connections. But <clears throat> but once we do that, you know, once we we get the, the worldly part of this uh, together in terms of learning to live sustainably and, and learning to live uh, you know in harmony with uh, with Mother Nature. One of the things we learn when we do that is we learn we, we we learn all of the spiritual lessons, and we learn that those spiritual lessons aren't only these things that are in a higher dimension. They aren't only those things that are you know out there in the sky someplace. You know, to to, to use a metaphor, 
but we learn that spirit is everywhere. Spirit is 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 everywhere and in everything. You know, here on planet Earth, you know, it's in it's in the water, it's in the sky, it's in the plants, it's in it's within the heart and soul of each and every one of us. It's everywhere. So when we get it when we get it together in this earthly realm, you know, we reconnect with with what it means to be to be connected with spirit and to be connected with these uh, with these forces I'm talking about. And on that basis, we we're in a you know a position to take advantage of the of the other dimensional part of this, which is every bit as as valid as as uh, um, you know as the other part. So there's all kinds of things going going on here. It's really it's really very very uh, monumental. And you know, people really don't need to know a whole lot more about the shift than that. In okay. Terms of okay. In terms of this uh, transformative time, and people want, people always want to know, you know, what is the transformation going to look like? What's it going to be? What's going to happen? And my answer to that is, um, I really don't pay any attention to those things whatsoever because I'm too busy, you know, living in the moment each and every day and attempting to participate in this in this process energetically. And there's hundreds, there's thousands of possibilities about about what you know what could happen here. And I'm open to each and every one of them. And so I think I think people really can get sidetracked when they get. Uh, you know, when they get too distracted by, you know, particular predictions about a specific thing that's going to happen on a specific day or, or something like that, even if it does happen. You know, that's not all of it. This isn't just one thing that's going to happen on one day. This is a lot of things happening um, over a much longer period of time. So um, well, kind of everything, you know, everything all wrapped about, into one. Well, let's talk about this for a minute from, you know, from a just let's take a, take a little journey into our pop culture right now. Um, you know, many people have said that, um, you know, what's going on in the country, the economy, the climate, you know, all of these are signs. And, uh, you know, that, that whenever you talk about prophecy or you talk about something um, like 2012, uh, folks say, let me point to the sign. Let me show you what this means. And, and I wanted to ask you, in all of the information that, that you have been able to gather, I, I mean, we're looking on the outside for signs, Jack. I mean, are we looking in the right place over there? Well, all that's part of it. But remember, mm-hmm. I said a minute ago that this is in the world external to us, and it's in the, yep. in the world internal to us. So it's 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 all and it's all part of the same thing. I personally believe that when we talk about this transformation and when we talk about the most important aspect of the shift. Um, that it really begins within the heart and it really begins within within the soul of each and every one of us as individuals. That's where it starts because if we don't get our own act together, you know, we don't have much to contribute to the whole. Uh, that's where it starts and from there we you know, from there it branches out. It branches out into our community and then it branches out and into the world into the world outside of our community. Um, but if people want to want to as far as the changes and as far as what the changes are are going to consist of, I usually refer to two main categories of changes here. Uh, category number one would be uh, paradigm shifts. In other words, shifting from you know, one paradigm to another paradigm. You know, we've got an old paradigm that's kind of falling apart, and we have the opportunity to create a, a new paradigm you know, fr- from, from the ashes of that. So paradigm shifts is one part of it, and earth changes is certainly another part of it. Um, the earth is participating in, the, in this shift also. This isn't just about human beings. This is about our earth, and it's about, it's basically about, you know, every particle of our solar system is participating in, in this process with us. And so uh, earth changes is definitely a very, very, uh, a very, very important part of this. And Mother Earth is basically screaming out at this, t- at this time. She's screaming out for, uh, for cleansing. She's screaming out for purification. Uh, she's not going to take much more. And she's just not going to roll over and let humanity, you know, kill her, basically. I mean, she's going to fight back. 
and that's what she's doing right now. She's she's rather rather grumpy right now, and uh, we can see that happening. And believe me, it's happening a, uh, on a lot larger scale than we tend to believe if we if we believe everything we hear in the mainstream media. <clears throat> the earthquake activity and and the earth changes that are happening around the globe right now are really um, of, a, of a very very monumental nature. Things are, are really popping all over the place. And just yesterday, we had a you know a large earthquake uh, on almost the entire East Coast. Yes. You know, one of yes. the last time you can remember something like that happening. Never in my um, lifetime. I mean, I <laughs> actually don't. I don't remember it. And you know, I was talking to Linda, who uh, you know is the producer for the show, and uh, you know, in New Jersey, and she said she couldn't believe what she was feeling. I mean, that, that's something that somebody in Seattle, California, talks about, that kind uh-huh. of thing. But not somebody in in Central Jersey, right? Absolutely. And, I'm, and from what I've heard, too, a lot of people are saying that they think that that earthquake was a lot larger than it's being pegged to be. Um, but they said it was 5.9. A lot of people are saying that, that uh, they, they think it was bigger. And one of the things that seems pretty obvious about that earthquake, too, was uh, – not necessarily the magnitude of it, but the size of it. I mean, there was a lot of uh, ge- a lot of geography was was touched by that quake. Huge. It seemed like it, you know, was a good good chunk of the East Coast uh, uh, felt it. So. Uh, well, well, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you heard of an, an earthquake reaching that far up and down a coastline? Well, yeah, that's that's the point I'm making. That's the point I'm making. <laughs> yeah. Very often in California, you know, you're it would be rare. Um, for example, when you have a, a huge earthquake in uh, in Los Angeles, uh, you know, very often it would be you know barely felt in, in you know up in San Francisco. Say it would be it could be measured on your you know, on your you know, seismographs or whatever. But as far as being able to, to feel it as a, as a person, um, usually no. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean that was a, a very unique quake, and but uh, this is not something that we don't know about. I mean, right. it's well known that there is a fault line that goes right down the middle of the country called the called the Madrid Fault Line. And people have been speculating for years that when, you know, the earth changes begin, begin to happen, you know, it may not even happen on the west. Everyone else thinks it's going to be the west coast. Well, it may not even be on the west coast. It might be right in the middle of the country on that, on that Madrid line, which is, you know, much older fault line, much less well known. Um, but it is there. So, um. Yeah, it is, it is interesting because we are now acutely aware of these changes. You know, you can't hide anymore, Jack. I mean, you know, what's happening is the technology and the pace of technology is exp- – the speeding up is exponential. Um, you know, a few years ago, you were uh, – one too long ago – where you were lucky if you could get a laptop computer that was really a laptop. Now uh, we're carrying around computers that you can hold in your hand, cell phones that connect you to everything in the world. So it's almost as if you can't put your head in the sand around what's going on in the world. Uh, I mean, even if you tried, you know what I'm saying? Well, not only because of te- because we're exposed to it in technology, but, mm-hmm. but we're also exposed to it in terms of our own experience. I mean, uh, mm. everybody can feel what's happening, and everybody, you know, both on the, on the positive end of the scale as well as the negative end of the scale. Like I said a second ago, there's a lot of people who are resisting this, this energy, who are fighting it, and invariably they're having a really, really rough time right now. They're having a rough time with their emotions, and they're just having a rough time with... Um, with their world crumbling, basically. And yeah. I don't mean to be insensitive uh, you know, to this happening. I never like to mm-hmm. see misfortune happen w- with anybody. But basically they are, you know, they are aligning themselves you know, with an old paradigm viewpoint and an old paradigm uh, uh, worldview. And it's that old paradigm world that is, uh, is the world that uh, is not going to be able to make it through this. Because, and it's that old paradigm world, basically, is, and that's what our, what our civilization is based upon. You know, it's based upon 
you know, placing our, our primary emphasis upon material things over spiritual things and, um, and um, losing our connection with, you know, living in harmony with, uh, with nature and, and losing our connection with spirit. And, um, you know, that's why the old paradigm world is in, is in, is in, such, a, is in such, a, such trouble right now. Well, I mean, isn't a perfect example, a perfect, I don't know if it's a perfect example. It's actually an embarrassing example. Uh, an embarrassing example is what went on uh, in our government here around the budget. I mean, I, I, I really don't follow politics very much, but it was so interesting how many people wanted to talk about that. And, and you know, the minute I took a snapshot and looked at it, and trust me, the only reason I paid attention to it is, a friend of mine asked me to help her make a smart decision about the stock market. Now, that is not a place I live. <laughs> but, but my very brief four-hour involvement in the dynamic that was going on, it literally scared me. It did, Jack. And mm-hmm. I think what scared me about it is it seemed so ancient. It almost seemed like ancient Romans sitting around some Colosseum waiting for the gladiators to come in and chew somebody up. I mean, I don't know. Am I projected a little bit here? You mean ancient in terms of the like the, the financial system and the mon- and the monetary ideas? Exactly. Involved? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. The the primitive when you and I used to sit down and you used to give me a rock and I used to give you a a, a bigger rock and we used to say, oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Well, our monetary system is one of the things that's in real trouble, and, and one of the mm-hmm. reasons for that is it, it's built on such a on such a phony foundation. I mean, uh, the way that money is produced and in, in created in, in this country is just ridiculous. You know, when you when you look at the actual you know the actual mechanisms of, of money and, and how it's created, and now we've gotten to the point where they're just running running it off on printing presses, and and uh, and trust me, that's. Uh, that's I really d- definitely believe that when we make the transition to the new paradigm, um, we're going to do money very, very differently. And I think when we really, you know, get where we really need to be as human beings in terms of, you know, reaching our full multi-dimensional potential, we'll, we'll get rid of money altogether. You know, the indigenous people live live sustainably for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. They had no money. Uh, they did just fine. They they traded things, and and they not only they traded labor too. You know, um, hey, you, you cook me dinner, and I'll I'll work in the exactly. Field, you know? That's right. Yeah. And um, it's not it's not as complicated as as uh, as as we make it. Well, let's talk about indigenous people because you know I'm one what you call a late bloomer mm. in life, and I want to take a minute to talk about the DVD, uh, 2012, and the shift and the power of ceremony. Um, I'm very fortunate to have the experience of ceremony and um, came to me in, you know, in the 1990s, mid-1990s, when I got to experience what some people call vision questing, what some people call, you know, ritual ceremonies and so forth in sort of that tradition. But what I came to realize that there is a part of me that always valued ceremony, and I wanted to take a minute for us to talk about that, the power of ceremony, and the power of when the collective comes together in that way. Well, okay, um, and I'm glad you mentioned the part about about the collective because um, you know we as individuals, you know, when we connect with our, well, like I said a second ago, when we connect with our with the highest power, with our highest power as multidimensional spiritual beings, 
um, you know, we connect with the fact that, that we indeed are, are very, very powerful uh, as individuals. And I'm, I'm talking about not only the kind of power we can all see um, demonstrated in the material world, but, but these powers we're talking about extend as well into the supernatural realm. And that's really where, where the bulk of our power is, really, is, is in the supernatural realm. Um, when you talk about things like healing, and, and a lot of people are beginning to, to be aware of this, most healing that, that is really genuine happens on a supernatural uh, level. And I think a lot of people in, in the healing arenas are beginning to see that now with a lot of the energy healing and a lot of the healing that really goes against, you know, a lot of the, the rules of, of, of the old paradigm as, as far as healing. So, But the point here is that when we come together as a collective, you know, two of us, ten of us, a hundred of us, a thousand of us, um, that multidimensional power I, I speak of and that supernatural power I speak of just multiplies exponentially, absolutely exponentially. So when we, when there's a, a significantly large group of us or community of us that are, you know, reconnected with the true source of our power, <clears throat> that really becomes quite, quite significant, quite significant. As far as ceremony is concerned, Dr. Vett, let me be real clear also. Um, this is also something, let's talk about a little bit about what ceremony is. And I kind of yep. brushed upon it, brushed yes. upon it a minute ago, but let's mm-hmm. kind of brush upon it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> ceremony is anything that we as human beings do to connect with spirit, with our intent, and with our vibration. Anything that we as human beings do to connect with spirit, with our intent, and with, and with our vibration. And um, there are lots of different ways to do it. I, I personally really resonate with the indigenous models, and that's the kind of ceremonies that I've been participating in lately. Uh, sunrise ceremonies where, you know, we're in a circle around a fire, yep. and where there's, a, where there's praying and where there's singing and where there's smoking of the, the ceremonial pipes um, and, and those sorts of things. I really resonate uh, with that kind of a ceremony. That really, that really plugs me in. It really gets me connected. It, it gets me where I need to be vibrationally, and it gets me where, where I need to be as far as my intent is concerned. Because if we don't intend <clears throat> to connect with spirit, um, we'll lose our we'll, we'll lose our focus mm-hmm. of spirit. We just we just won't be able to. Do, we, you know, we can't do it unless we focus on it. And there are so many distractions, you know, in our everyday life and, and uh, you know, in the world outside of ceremony. There are just so many distractions. It's so easy for us as human beings just to, to get distracted and to lose that connection and to kind of, you know, allow ourselves to get, to get knocked off track. But um, <clears throat> many people are kind of intimidated by ceremony. They say, well, you know, I, I'm not ready to do that yet because I, I don't have a proper protocol for it or... You know, I don't have a teacher like you who's teaching me how to do it, and, and so, you know, I'm just going to wait and, you know, until I can attend a workshop and I can, I can learn, you know, the proper procedures or the proper protocol. And that really is not the proper way to, to go about looking at it because anybody can do any, any kind of ceremony anytime they choose, really. It simply is a question of them, you know, trusting their hearts and, and trusting their spirits and, and just doing it and doing it from within. Um, um, the place where, where all ceremony begins and when I talk about ceremony, I'm talking about med- meditation can be a ceremony. Yoga can be a ceremony. There are so many different things that, that can kind of f- fulfill the same objective. But <clears throat> virtually all ceremony begins in the same place. <clears throat> it begins with us sitting still, sitting down, uh-huh. relaxing, breathing. Just about any ceremony that ever was worth anything always begins with the breath. And I, I've all, often say to people, you know, if you're if you're looking for a spiritual teacher, if you're looking how to, you know, how to how to to do ceremony, if you're looking how to do these things, if you find a teacher and if it, if it, if it doesn't begin with relaxation, 
if it doesn't begin with, you know, getting our breath right and breathing, then find yourself another teacher. Find yourself another ceremonial model. Mm. Virtually that, you know, that's really the thing that, <clears throat> excuse me, that's really the thing, the thing that gets the whole thing started. So anybody can do ceremony just by virtue of sitting down, relaxing, breathing, lighting a candle. And then when we talk about praying, <clears throat> praying is really nothing other than talking with spirit. You know, that's all praying is. And you don't have to have a set, you know, prayer that you say every time. Uh, there's times when I pray with spirit and I just say, hey, you know, divine spirit, counsel the grandfathers. You know, I just need to be with you. I just need to talk. I just need to talk. Uh, will you listen, please? You know, that's a perfectly legitimate prayer. You know, if it comes from the heart, if it co- comes from, from, the spirit, from our spirit. So we don't need to make this more complicated than necessary. And then once we start practicing these kinds of things, once we start sitting down, relaxing, breathing, you know, meditating, uh, then we can begin to discover, let's say, our own style as far as ceremony is concerned. Um, for me, singing is just absolutely, and I've got a, a drum that I play, and I've got shakers that I play, and I've got a, a couple of, uh, of singing bowls that I play. For me, singing is absolutely such an important part of ceremony, and, but, and that's, but for me, that's like a personal thing. I, I know right. that's not, probably not for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once we make the commitment to doing it and once we take the time to sit down and breathe and, and begin, to, begin to do these kinds of things, we can find our own, our own ceremonial style or we can find our own ceremonial teacher, you know, some, something, you know, with which we resonate and which really, you know, fits the way, fits the way we, we want to do it. So there's no, no one way to do it. But the important thing is that we do it. And then even more importantly, <clears throat> yeah. and I, every time I pray, every time I do ceremony, I always say this. It's so important for us to take the intent of that ceremony, to take the vibration of that ceremony, and to take it with us, to take it with us when we leave the circle, to take it with us when we leave the ceremony, and to endeavor to live our lives with that intent, to live our lives with that vibration, you know, to take it with us each and every, each and every moment of life, uh, because that's where these things, you know, really become very, you know, transformative in terms of if we can, uh, uh, succeed at living each and every moment of our life with that ceremonial vibration. And for me, the ceremonial vibration is one of feelings of peacefulness, joy, reverence, gratitude, and trust. When we can, once we uh, can begin to, to live our entire life with that vibration, that's when things really start to change, and, and that's when things really, that's when we, we really begin to flower as, uh, as spiritual beings. Well, and, and let's talk about, you know, the, the, the date that people are zooming in on here. Um, when we're, t- you know, you were talking about the new paradigm. And I, I don't Which one? Wanna, I'm, they're zooming in on so many different dates. Uh, exactly. Do you well, mean December twenty first, two thousand twelve, or? Well, <laughs> that, the, the, well, let's just talk the most popular date that's out there. But the, you're right; there are a bunch of them <clears> out there. Um, I've heard everything from December eleventh to December twelfth. Somebody explained to me it's not December twenty first that they mixed it up. It should be December twelfth. Uh, honestly, whatever the date is. I think the the bigger question is, what is the new paradigm going to look like? You know, I whatever that date is going to be, you know, what is the meaning of it for people? What are they, you know, folks that are hearing this, you know, what should they know? What should they do? Well, the the primary thing, there's a bunch of question, bunch of different questions. What's the new paradigm going to look like? Yeah, that's exactly. One, that's one one thing. What what should people do? Um, Let's start. Let's start with what should people do. Um, people should should be able to um, should remind themselves again that this primarily is a spiritual opportunity, and it's an opportunity 
uh, to elevate our higher consciousness. And so that's what people basically sh should be focusing on. And um, as far as what people should, should do is concerned, certainly one thing people can start to do um, is they can start, you know, connecting with spirit through, through ceremony. And they can start, you know, doing these things through ceremony. We just talked a lot about that, so we, don't need, yeah. we, we really don't need to cover that anymore. Mm -hmm. But another thing that we all learn when we launch on the spiritual path, and I, I, I know that you know this, Dr. Pat, and I know that a lot of people in your audience also know this, one of the most important things that we learn when we truly launch ourselves on the spiritual path um, is we learn that it becomes a lifestyle. It isn't just something that we do, you know, for an hour on Sunday. It isn't just something we do, we do a couple of times a week and then we go back and start living the same crazy way, way we were living before. Um, it becomes a lifestyle. It becomes an in each and every moment thing. I remember one of my favorite authors, Carlos Castaneda, uh, who wrote about the, the Mexican Indian sorcerer Don Juan. Right, right. Uh, Don Juan always used to talk about uh, the, the, the life of a warrior. He always referred to a warrior, and that was his model. And for him, a warrior was, as he called it, a warrior was impeccable. And a warrior was a person, man or woman, uh, who lived each and every moment of their life as, it, as if it was their, la their last moment on earth. Uh, so in other words, you know, this becomes a lifestyle thing. In one of the most important things we do as far as our lifestyle is concerned, as far as what can people do is, <clears throat> the first and foremost thing that everybody can do, and this may sound really simplistic when I say it, but it really, really is huge, because this, again, is one of the real problems that our civilization is having right now. We can reassume complete responsibility for every aspect of our lives. Reassume complete responsibility for every aspect of our lives. And again, mm. this is one of the secrets of the indigenous people. You know, they did everything for themselves. They didn't have anybody providing them with welfare or, or you know, providing their, their energy or providing their food or, or, you know, taking care of them from, from cradle to grave. You know, they took care of themselves from cradle to grave. They took complete responsibility for their own lives. And that's one of the things that we in the civilized world, we've really kind of lost that in terms of we, we've kind of given our responsibility away. We've given it away to the government. We've given it away to the powers that be. And they're more than happy to take care of us. And they're more than happy to, to run us and control us and, and do everything else that, that they do. Um, we've given we've given we've tended to give away this responsibility, and that's one of the reasons why you know people are are losing it and becoming you know weak and 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 ineffective is they've given up their responsibility. They they're looking to be taken care of, you know, as opposed to taking care of themselves. So taking it all it all begins with taking responsibility. Part of taking responsibility is attempting to learn how to live sustainably again. And I know this is something we've become we've all become me included. We've all become so. Uh, divorced from this, that it's kind of hard to get back to it. It's kind of hard to remember how to live sustainably, you know, because we just, you know, we haven't done it in so long. But endeavoring to live sustainably, to live minimally, um, that's another aspect of, of our lifestyle that changes because, uh, again, one of the things we learn on the spiritual path is we learn that, um, we learn that the spirit will provide everything that we need in this world, you know, as long as we're living with the right vibration. And one of the things we learn is we really don't need that much. And one of the things that, that, that's killing our civilization is, is the excess that's involved. Everyone, you know, everyone just wants as much as they can possibly get and so, so much more than, than, than people actually need uh, to be able to live on the basis of uh, just using what we need and giving back. You know, whenever we're, you know, we're done, you know, taking whatever we need to subsist, 
and we we give back you know we give back to the earth and we give back to to um, you know whatever is you know providing the providing the, the, those things uh, those things that we need and i know a lot of people aren't big real big fans of living minimally they they think that that sounds like you know we're self sacrificing or you know we're like a monk in a cell just meditating all day long and chanting all day long or something like that but that's not it that's not it at all um we can live minimally in other words just you know u- using what we need and not not more than what we need and uh, we can still experience each and every pleasure that there is to be experienced, you know, in this life and in, and in this material world. You know, I live very minimally, and I live a very, very satisfying, a very, very pleasurable life, very sensuous life. And I'm not—I don't think I'm missing anything. Uh, the only thing that, that I'm that I'm missing is, uh, you know, excessiveness and overdoing it, and, and living a life that's, you know, out of whack, out, out of balance. <clears throat> So there's a very long-winded answer to, to what we can do because it, it basically uh, involves our entire lifestyle, and uh, you know, taking responsibility for it and uh, and uh, living the impeccable life of spiritual warriors. Yeah, and you know, a couple of the things you talked about, uh, you know, uh, and, and let's just talk about this idea of living simply, minimally, whatever the language is. I mean, honest to goodness, uh, if people were to look at and I'm not saying everybody is in this particular situation, Jack, but, you know, if, 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 let's just say a majority of the people in this country were to take a look at everything they own and made a conscious decision to own 30% less, it would be a contribution. Um, mm-hmm. of some sort. And, it would be huge. You know, it would be huge. It would be huge. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, and I don't even mean, okay, don't buy anything, but let's say that instead of, you know, going out and buying everything new, we just thought about just keeping things in circulation. But even that paradigm is a real leap for someone. I guess that's why you call it the shift. <laughs> so how about, how about just buying what we need? I mean, you know, I've got How a lot of nice that? things here. And, and right now, for example, I need a new pair of shorts. And right. so for me to go out and buy a nice pair of shorts and what the heck, even spend, you know, maybe 50 bucks on a real nice pair of shorts at Abercrombie & Finch or something like that, that's okay. I'm, I'm into that. That's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's okay. But I Because I need a pair of shorts. It's not that right. I'm just going to go out and buy five pairs of shorts because I've got nothing else to do and, and I have a shopping addiction and I, I feel good when I buy things. Um, you know, no, it's it's not that. I need a pair of shorts, so go out and buy go out and buy a nice, nice pair of shorts. Jack, I want to ask you um, uh, about uh, what's happened here in the past three years, and I and I want to ask you about them and how interesting in the timing of the way things are happening. Um, someone said to me the other day. Uh, you know, with all of the things going on, and that was the phrase, with all of the things going on, you know, uh, our, our focus can't go towards the earth. Our focus can't, people are just not able to get back to that idea of being green and then holding other people accountable. And I just thought, well, this is good. I'm going to talk to Jack about this. Uh-huh. Uh, because it's, it's kind of paradoxical, isn't it? You know, the things we're moving away from, right now because of other things are seem to be the things we need to be paying more attention to yet somebody said to me the other day jack they said haven't you noticed all the people doing good these days and i wanted to get your sense of this you know is this a paradox um the people uh, which aspect of it dr about the, the the people doing good or the um 
Yeah, I mean, it depends on what side of the coin you're flipping. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you know, it's the, it's, it's the world we're looking at is, on one hand, there is so much good. We learned how to rally around a cause. We, we, we learn how to do, we know how to do this, and there's more evidence of it now than there ever has been. The other side of that is we've moved away from some of the things that you've talked about. You know, the idea of making sure we're accountable for the earth, making sure we're accountable for each other. Um, you know, what are we doing? We're building, what, a wall, you know, uh, uh, on the Mexican border? So I'm just trying to ask you, there seems to be such contrast. Well, there is contrast. Um, basically, there. one of the ways that I like to, to, to see it and talk about it is, it seems to me at this point like the world is basically splitting in two. And the, the 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 world that it's the the two worlds that are that are coming about as a result of the split are we have the old paradigm model and we have the new paradigm model, and uh, the two worlds are very very um, <clears throat> they don't they don't fit together at all. They're very they're very mutually exclusive. You really can't have <clears throat> you know you can't have a little bit of little bit of new paradigm, a little bit of old paradigm. And there is going to come a point where we're all going to have to choose. We're all going to have to choose. You know which world. Uh, we're going to, you know, commit ourselves to, you know, old paradigm or a new paradigm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, th- there is this dichotomy. You know, there is, uh, you know, you, if you want to call it a lot of a lot of good out there, a lot of you know, I would refer to the to the good aspect of this as the new paradigm aspect of this, and then <clears throat> the not so good would would be the the old paradigm aspect aspect of things. And the only reason that I refer to the old paradigm aspect of things as not so good is because. Um, is because of the connections that have been lost. There, there's really one, from the point of view of also of a spiritual person, there's right. really only one thing that matters in life. And I know that it sounds funny maybe making such absolute statements, but uh-huh. the most important thing in life is that we learn how to, to flow with natural law. We learn mm-hmm. how to flow with the rhythm and flow of nature. Yeah. Everything else will spring from that. <clears throat> now, I know very often people feel like, oh, you know, that, that's a hard thing to do because, well, the, the primary reason why people think it's a hard thing to do is because they're, they're so preoccupied with you know, many of the, 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 uh, of the aspects of their old paradigm world that they have a hard time getting unstuck from. For example, people, you know, working 40-hour-a-week jobs, they need the money, they need the paycheck, they've got to pay their bills. You know, they're not ready to just quit and, you know, run off to the mountains. You know, it's just not, not, not the right timing for that. They just can't do it. Uh, so for many of those kinds of people, you know, a lot of the things I'm talking about just really sound like a stretch. You know, you know I love what he's saying, and I would love to be able to make those reconnections, but right now I've got to worry about, you know, going to work tomorrow, and I've got to worry about, you know, being in the friggin' traffic for, you know, both to and from, you know, being stuck in rush hour traffic, I've got to worry about paying my bills, I've got to worry about my kids going to school, <clears throat> you know, how can I worry about these things? And the thing that I always say to those people is, it's perfectly fine for you to, you know, to, to keep your old paradigm job because you need the money, you've got to pay the bills, etc., etc. That's totally acceptable, it's totally understandable. But what's important for people to do is to free themselves in the ways that they are capable of freeing themselves. And the important thing is for people to begin to free themselves as far as their minds, their hearts, and their spirits. You can begin to work on freeing your mind, freeing your heart, freeing your spirit, and you can begin to at least think about these things and begin to kind of pave the way for yourself. And you can still do all those things and still have your old paradigm job and your old paradigm paycheck and your old paradigm bills to pay. You can do that. 
Um, and there's not a uh, you know there's not necessarily a you know an inconsistency there or 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 an, or an impossibility there. So the important thing is that we at least endeavor to you know free ourselves as much as we're capable of freeing ourselves. And then when the time is right, you know when we begin to pave the way that we're talking about, <clears throat> when the, then when the time is right, we'll be in a position where, where we'll be able to leave that old paradigm job and we'll, we'll be able to run for the hills or we'll be able to do you know whatever it is that we need to do you know to be in harmony with this with this new paradigm uh, m- model that we're talking about. You know, does that, it is, does that uh, answer what you were? Does that answer what you were asking? Yes, it does. I mean, and I think this is really what people are going through. I mean, my life is a contradiction, uh, and, and I just say that because uh, you know, I I know two people and uh, that have gone in completely different directions. One of them uh, just recently sold everything she owned, um, had her dog taken care of, and is on her way to Peru. She's not quite sure what she's going to do in Peru. She knows she's going to be uh, be with the helping, be part of the indigenous people in Peru, and she's called to do that. There's what no question. Of, what, a, what a courageous leap for her to make. Courageous leap, but when you when you look at her and you know her, it is her soul pulling mm-hmm. her there, and the courage. I think is. I mean, you know, the way she said it to me is, you know, my greatest fear is not doing this. She said, I'm not afraid to do this. She said, I'm 35 years old. My greatest fear is not doing it. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? You have just inspired me and probably many other people. Absolutely. Um, and I think, Jack, so is your work. I, I want to thank you for joining me here today. And let's, before you go, I want to, I want to make sure people know how to get a copy of uh, the DVD 2012, your books, and to find out more about you. What's the best way they can do that? Well, the best way is to go to my website. And uh, my website is real easy. It's www.jackalice.com. Last name is A-L-L-I-S. So www.jackalice.com. Uh, but all the books are there. The DVDs are there. Lots of wonderful videos and lots of wonderful, you know, people can go there and have a lot of fun, too. And, they, you know, there's lots of things to do there. I really emphatically invite people to please, um, when you go to my website, sign up for my newsletter. Um, I, all I do is send out one newsletter per month. But uh, it's such... It's such an invaluable way for me to stay connected with people, you know, to stay connected with a lot of people. And Dr. Pat is very, very important for us to be connected these days. Us like-minded yes, kindred spirits. Even if we're connected energetically, even if we're connected over the telephone or over the Internet or, or, or whatever it is, uh, because if we're not connected, um, we're not going to be able to make this happen. And so uh, that, that connection is really important. So, so please, I invite people to subscribe to my newsletter. It's really easy. Just type your email address in there. And... Um, and that's it. Everything's there. So, um, uh, and I thank you, Doctor. But I'd really zip by. Wow. Um, I know. I know. I love it. Flies when you're having fun, eh? Well, I hope you'll come back because there are so many things that mm. we uh, really need to look at. And please check out onetheevent.org. You know, you're able to uh, submit a video and do so many things to be part of that because you're absolutely right, Jack. You know, this is a time for all of us to kind of get together here. I will check thank it out you. definitely. Thanks for the tip. Always great to talk with you, Jack Alice, everybody. Please sign up for his newsletter. And if you haven't read his books, please do that. But also, 2012 and The Shift, uh, Power of Ceremony, please check it out, everyone. Jack, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, 
I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on. If you've missed any part of this, you can expect the archive to show up here in a couple days. I want to thank all of the folks uh, at BBS touching and pushing all the right buttons and bringing us to you each and every week. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show.